Welcome to this mini-series called Sustainable Saturday with me, Bianca Foley. In this series, I'll be discussing sustainability in the fashion space. There are four episodes to listen to ahead of season six of Sustainably Influenced, which is coming very soon. In today's episode, I'm catching up with the founder of St. Rose, Belinda Smith. St. Rose is a fragrance house rooted in the art of nature, born in Australia and crafted in New York. The Good For You, Good For The Earth fragrance line has at the heart of its creation process a sustainable and ethical supply chain, as well as transparency on every ingredient used in its six signature gender-neutral fragrances. Founded by Belinda Smith in 2018, it was her insatiable curiosity and search for clean, transparent luxury fragrances that led her to start St. Rose. Although Belinda had spent her career in the luxury sector, working in marketing for companies such as Omega, she very much came to the world of fragrance as a maverick. In hindsight, she believes this to have been a gift as she went straight to farm to source many of the key ingredients used in the six signature scents, which are all clean and made up from 98% natural and naturally derived ingredients. Named after the patron saint of gardeners, St. Rose is also a 1% for the planet business, working with key environmental partners, Wild Ark, One Tree Planted and also the KFDF, an indigenous-run, not-for-profit foundation in Australia, linked to its sandalwood farm. Belinda, thank you so, so much for joining me. Um, What led you to create a sustainable fragrance brand? Well, thank you for having me, Bianca. It's um, such a privilege to chat with you today. Um, You know, truly the St. Rose journey started very much from me being a frustrated consumer. And then suddenly I was finding myself becoming a founder a bit on accident just because I wanted to create something that, you know, for myself truly that just didn't exist. And friends and family started falling in love with it. And suddenly I realized, oh gosh, I really need to roll up my sleeves and and you know pour my whole heart into this because there truly is a bit of white space which you know is kind of a pinch me moment that you're still uncovering white spaces in in this day and age where there's so many amazing brands and products out there but um you know saint rose really fits into this intersection of clean transparency and then also luxury um and for an artisanal fragrance brand we we do have um six gender neutral fragrances uh i always say the story was born in australia we're crafted in new york and we're really rooted in the art of nature so yeah it was um i can dive more into it i i just found that i with my background i grew up in corporate retail i um we have always been really curious about the life cycle that a product takes before it hits the sales floor. And yeah. having that industry insight, you just kind of learn more that you become even more curious as a consumer. And so I was really questioning not only what the ingredients were in fragrance products, but also where they're from. And of course, fragrance, typically brands don't share any of that because they keep their formulas as trade secrets. So you're really at a dead end to know anything about what what's behind the scent. Um, and so I was, you know, again, just really curious and hit a dead end. And so here we are. <laughs> that is exactly kind of what every conversation has been like over the past couple of weeks. Everyone that I speak to has said exactly the same thing. It, oh, I created my brand out of frustration and the fact that I was a frustrated consumer. And I, for me, that's kind of why I do what I do, because I was frustrated and I wanted to learn. So 
it, believe me, it's you're not alone there. Everybody kind of is thinking the same. And it's wonderful that as well, that you've created gender neutral fragrances. Cause to me, I think that the inclusivity side of it is just phenomenal. But, um, it's, it's really wonderful to see that there is something so fluid there. Absolutely. Yes, literally, right? No pun intended there, it is fluid. <laughs> I didn't um, even myself then. <laughs> I love a pun. Um, no, absolutely. I think that, that that really started with the age of advertising in the 20th century, and it's lovely to see those notions being dismantled now. And yes. even with our branding and the, the way we package things, it's really just about stripping back and having a very minimalistic aesthetic that whoever is vanity, it's sitting on it fits. I was going to say, so fragrance isn't normally a product that people automatically kind of think, oh, sustainability. <laughs> Could no. you give it's a, for me, even when I was doing research and kind of started hearing about the brand, I was thinking to myself, I was like, oh, you forget about fragrance, but the amount of toxic and nasty ingredients that go in there and how how perfumes are made there's so much that goes into it but could you give us some insight into how the ethics factor into your production yeah absolutely you know transparency was always really important for me again being that frustrated consumer i wanted the transparency so we've made that a really important pillar but being also the earth child and again going back to my own curiosity of just that traceability being the other big t word that we focus on um, and understanding exactly where the ingredients are coming from so a little bit more insight into um, the saint rose ingredients and products i you know just have a a love and an affinity for naturals and it's not to say that synthetics are bad we actually do use some safe synthetics um not in a huge amount because again we just prefer the the richness of naturals to steal a quote from one of our perfumers we work with naturals because their fragrance is on their own you know when you compare pure rose oil compared to a synthetic version, there's just no comparison. And because we wanted to specialize and focus on naturals, it just became even more important to make sure that anytime we're stripping um, away from the earth, that we're making sure that we're doing it in a way that's not causing any long-term damage and it's also in truly a sustainable way. And the best, the best kind of method of ensuring that is just to cut out the supply chain and go direct to source. So we really try to focus on origin stories as much as possible and going right to the farm so that we can create partnerships and relationships and understand their methods and also then how we can support them. So that's been kind of our focus from day one. Uh, being an outsider in the fragrance industry, I went about things unintentionally, unconventionally. <laughs> I didn't know what I didn't know. So um, a lot of brands would just go and submit a creative brief to a fragrance house. And then the perfumers, you know, these amazing artists will get to work behind the scenes and come out with these, you know, compositions. And you kind of lose that dialogue and exchange of where the ingredients are coming from. And we've always put that conversation first and foremost. And also when I first started, I didn't realize that I had that ability to leverage the aromatic library at a fragrance house. So I personally started doing a lot of homework and finding where I wanted to have these ingredients from. It's really interesting because I think, as you said, a lot of people don't understand that kind of process and they think, oh, well, a perfume just comes into being, but there yeah. is so much. So, so much it really does make you think about it. In terms of like ingredients and things like that, how do you also ensure that your ingredients have a low impact on the environment? 
And could you tell us a little bit about the harmful ingredients that we should maybe be wary of in like more conventional everyday kind of fragrances, that kind of mm-hmm. high street fragrance that you see? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, first off, I'd, I'd like to start by saying there's been so much like greenwashing and fear around fragrance. And I find that to be so sad because whatever fragrance you love, you know, there's so much emotional resonance in perfumes and fragrance, whether it's something that you associate your grandmother wearing or your mom or yourself, you know, I I can remember every chapter of my life wrapped around a perfume. (laughs) And it is beautiful, especially right now with us being so separated potentially from loved ones. I certainly am with all my family in Australia that there's nothing more beautiful than to be able to kind of unlock that. And, you know, I've actually been wearing my mom's favorite perfume a lot lately just because I'm missing her. Um, So anyway, I am really against that kind of scare tactic and to each their own there's so many beautiful brands out there and i think that um, brands that have that mission of educating consumers it's it's fantastic what they're doing um i just want to make sure that in educating people we're giving them the full scoop and um don't be scared of fragrance there's a reason that it is listed as fragrance on a label and on a package it's actually required to be listed that way uh and we we still list it that way but then we list all of the transparent ingredients underneath fragrance underneath and if a brand's not doing that you know definitely reach out to them i think that the fashion industry did such a good job about calling out and giving consumers that power consumers still have that power and beauty just reach out to a brand if there's something that you love that um they're not listing and ask them Uh, and hopefully as you mentioned the tide is coming in and more and more brands will be doing it so it'll be a mute point here soon but in the meantime I think just taking that kind of um, power into your own hands and asking Um, but I can share what we found at St. Rose and we definitely do have a very strict creation parameters for what we allow and what we don't allow Uh, I personally don't like stabilizers and preservatives if they're unnecessary so we don't use a very typical kind of cocktail called bht that's a stabilizing cocktail i think that you know we should be buying less but buying better so we would just rather reduce our shelf life to 12 months after you open it sorry can i just ask because this is for my own kind of understanding how do they use stabilizers in traditional perfume then is it something that makes it last longer or is it the fact is it just something that is used for the composition you know it it does give an important um you know kind of preservative factor for a much longer shelf life more like 36 months kind of retains to make sure that it's going to be stable in color and i we don't use any um artificial colorants either. So I just educate our customer that if the hue does darken, that's actually nature doing its thing. Um, There's nothing to be worried about. It's kind of like a fine wine um, that you'll just see that it will, you know, when you look at the lineup of our bottles, they go from being really clear to really dark and that's just Mother Earth's own palette there. So we take out artificial colorants, we take out BHT and any other type of stabilizers like that. Um, In oil-based products, you'll see a lot of phenoxyethanol and that one doesn't always score very well if you go to like ewg.org. So for anyone listening, um, EWG has a skin deep database. So you can type in an ingredient to teach yourself and they have a rating system. So EWG's um, phenoxyethanol rating is not very good, but it's also 
in so many products that I don't like to use it because when you look at your full toxic load, you're gonna you know, turn over your shampoo, your conditioner, your body wash, um, your face oils, and it's in like everything. So day in and day out, you're actually getting a much higher dose potentially than that safety parameters. Um, so those are things I personally as a consumer look at and then also as a brand now want to eliminate. And then beyond that in fragrance, we also take out, of course, phthalates and parabens. Um, sulfates is one that you'll want to look at if you're using a um, fragranced product that is sudsy. So sulfates are not in perfume, but if you're using a body wash again, you'll see an SLS in there because of, you know, sulfate makes it sud 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 up. <laughs> and then um, we also specifically focus on a type of musk called macrocyclic musk. So the original source of musk, which is an aromatic material comes from animals <laughs> and so we're vegan we're leaking bunny certified so we do use safe synthetics but we focus on macrocyclic musks because um, other categories of musks have been found not only to be endocrine disruptors but they also can be bioaccumulative so they don't break down easily in nature so kind of going back to that simple philosophy of anything you put on your skin is going to be absorbed or wash off into the ocean potentially so we kind of take that as as a gut check for for if it's going to come onto our perfumer's palette or not at St. Rose. Um, yeah, I think I went through through the list there. Um, and of course, you know, the fragrance houses that we use are world class. And so they follow the EFRAs or the International Fragrance Association's parameters. And then we just tighten that up even further for um, our own internal really kind of gut check on on what we want to work with and the point that you, the fact that you've mentioned yes as much as you are using a musk it's not an animal um byproduct so it is still vegan friendly and all of these things that people are looking for nowadays every single wants to do their bit i'm seeing and with like with uh, i think in the uk alone searches for like sustainable and ethical products have like almost doubled in the past oh, it's amazing. So it's becoming more of a, a conscious thing for people when they're shopping now, which is wonderful. And I really, yeah. for me as well, I appreciate it because absolutely that's what kind of we're trying more and more to do with our customers to share why why we're doing what we're doing. And because you know our, our ethos is good for you, good for the earth, there's always that trade-off. So as much as we love working with naturals, there's nothing to be scared of with synthetics. You know, everything under the sun is chemicals. So just because it's a synthetic does not mean that it is harmful. And um, we actually, if you go to our website, we have all of our ingredients there as well. And then also the origin. And so we'll break it down and, and kind of give you the information, whether it's completely natural, if it's naturally derived, or if it's nature identical. And naturally derived and nature identical, we call an aroma molecule or something that's been made in the lab, and that's a safe synthetic. Um, but, but yeah, it's always that kind of trade-off because, you know, there's also certain aromatic notes that not just being cruelty-free could also be um, too costly to the environment, so we'll choose to use a safe synthetic in that regard. It, it makes a world of difference though, doesn't it? Sometimes people, and as you said, you don't want something that's bio-cumulative that then will still have a negative effect further down the road. It's, I can imagine what it's like. There's so much that goes into a product it is. It's fun. You know, you're always learning and you're always trying to do your best as a consumer and as a brand and as a founder. So it's a constant keeping up with things. And, and I'm really thankful because, you know, as much as um, 
you know, I was just telling you I'm a bit of a remote employee because my whole team here in New York is Sydney. Um, but I'm definitely not a one-man band. And I'm so grateful for, you know, the fragrance houses that we work with and their incredible R&D team that are doing so much good and, you know, presenting us with, you know, really unique opportunities. Like our most recent launch, we focused on upcycled ingredient notes and taking um, side streams that would have gone to waste and redistilling them um, to create entirely new on, you know, olfactive facets. So one example was our upcycled rose. And so it takes thousands and thousands of pounds of rose petals just to make a single pound of rose concentrate. And so the process is to distill those petals a second time and it doesn't dilute them. It actually just makes the, the essence entirely unique than the original first distillation. So it gives it a little bit of a dirtier, more tobacco nuance. Uh, and then the other ingredient we focused on in this particular fragrance are Vigilante, which is our newest, was um, upcycled cedarwood atlas. And that actually comes from uh, distilling sawdust shavings from the furniture industry. So it's from Morocco and they collect the sawdust there and then we distill it that way. So it's just taking these natural ingredients again and looking about how we can really squeeze as much out of, out of this rather than causing waste. I am completely in awe of that. I just have to say, the minute you said um, sawdust, I was like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So neat. I mean, it's really cool. So that was really special. We were so stoked when the perfumer presented that to us as an option um, and said, absolutely, yes. It's fantastic. I mean, it just goes to show that waste doesn't really have to be waste. There is always a way to And we're so, I think we're still so behind especially in the uk when it comes to things like recycling and reusing products and finding i think and I, I think um you're ahead of the us i feel like it's distracting <laughs> yeah i rejoined the paris agreement thank god for that <laughs> <laughs> that's one saving grace <laughs> and the final question that i've got for you is what does clean beauty mean to you personally i always i think you can be the brand owner, the founder, but you personally, when you think about yourself as a consumer, what does it mean to you? Yeah, you know, I think it really comes down to being both um, good for you and good for the earth. So gentle on skin and then gentle on, on nature. And for us, we back that up with transparency and traceability. You know, I think that it's great to say free from this, 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 and this, but like, let's talk about it and actually dig into what that, you know, means by, by the facts. And it's going to look different, I think, for every brand. Unfortunately, there is no defined term, but I think whether you're in lipstick or, or fragrance, your, your end goal is the same, but you know, it's a completely different product. It's going to be a different, you know, kind of conversation. But I think if you can back things up again with transparency and traceability, then that's how you support these initiatives. But that was amazing. So thank you so, so much for joining me. Um, I feel like I've learned so much from you in this short space of time. I've literally sat here with my notebook at the ready. So I will be providing my audience with all of these great points that you've raised. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much to my guest today. I've linked the full interview in the show notes if you want to have a watch. Please follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Sustainably Influenced. Season five of Sustainably Influenced is available to listen now on all good podcast platforms. Thank you so much for listening.